Captain. Raging review. The Raging Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, Coach, let me tell you today, I'm here and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, Raging Cajun Nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand. And let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alert! Alert! Ready! Who's that team ready? Who's that team ready? Yes, sir! I got one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Cajun Nation. What's left of you after tonight's performance? Welcome into the Ragin' Review podcast. Nick and Josh, Jerry will be joining us shortly. He actually endured that uh, completely embarrassing loss to a two-win team. Now three wins. Uh, final score, 34-31 in overtime. In position to score in overtime, we're at like the three-yard line, and we do what we did the whole game. And what we've done all season is is back ourselves up to take it out of uh, out of our hands, put it in the hands of the only player they had on the field tonight, Frank Gore Jr., and uh, the rest is history. Folks, we got beat by a really bad football team tonight. And that's two weeks in a row that we've been out-coached, out-schemed, out everything, out passioned by the team on the other side of the field. And Josh, I don't know about you, and I said it last week, that I'm supportive of this team and this coaching staff. After tonight, I don't know so much. What did you see tonight? Uh, you know, the natural order of things is there are going to be two camps. One camp is going to say, Hey, what did you expect? You started a third-string quarterback. You kind of got what you may have expected. Then there's going to be the other camp that says, third-string quarterback be damned. He's got experience. We had opportunities to score the entire game. Unacceptable result, unacceptable performance. There's so many things that happened over the course of the last four hours. I don't even know where to start. Um We've endured some embarrassing moments as Cajuns fans. Look, I grew up a Cubs fan, a Saints fan, and a Cajuns fan. I've been embarrassed as a sports fan my entire life. I don't know if that doesn't rank up there in the top five. The crowd was embarrassing. The officiating was embarrassing. The play on the field was embarrassing. I, I, the strategy, the schemes, the passion, the effort. I mean, late in the fourth quarter, there was absolutely no passion on the sideline from the players, from the fans that were sitting down close, from the coaching staff. And we don't need cheerleaders for coaches, but there just wasn't anything there, man. I don't uh, – I have so much to say, I don't know even where to start. Uh, that That's crazy. And I'm, the thing is, is that it's got a visceral reaction because there are a lot of people in the space. There are a lot of people watching – it's good to have a packed house tonight in the post game, 
Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's going to be difficult to, to know where to start. Obviously, you don't want to lose to Southern Miss. Again, I haven't seen them here in Cajun Field for a few decades. They come in and still find a way to win. They had one player that we knew that we had to stop. We couldn't do that. I think uh, Frank Gore ended up with 158 yards and two touchdowns. Awful penalties, awful officiating. I don't know. My head's everywhere. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let somebody else point us in the right direction so I know which way to start running. Uh, but, Nick, it, it – I, I know you see me smiling. I, it's kind of an ironic smile. I can't lie to you and say I didn't expect this to happen. I, I've seen this movie before with USM way too many times. We can't say we didn't expect a crowd – that was anything better than what we saw. They announced 15,000. That's a joke. There wasn't 10,000 people in that stadium tonight. I walked around the, the whole stadium. There wasn't 10,000 people in the stadium tonight. Yeah, no, I, I'll agree with you. Look, the, um, we, were, we were two weeks ago talking about competing for the West. And now we're here talking about, well, I hope we win one of our next two games to be bowl eligible. And I, I'm kind of lost for words on how we got here. Um, it's, it's baffling to me. I mean, Josh, I, I don't know if, about you, but when, when, when you have your, when Burton goes down and you put in Gilly and Gilly's struggling at center. And I mean, it's not, it's not even, I mean, anybody, everybody noticed that he was struggling at delivering the ball to the quarterback. And we left him in there out to dry for three or four drives. I, it, it was obvious to the one of 10 fans sitting at the top of Cajun field that, that he was struggling and eventually we made a change. Congratulations. But that was after, you know, yet again, we back ourselves up out of, out of a chance to, to, to drive the ball down the field. I don't know, man. I'm just, this whole game was weird from the officiating to the, the bad luck we had to the crazy play calling at times. And then, I mean the the game ended the way it should have ended. I mean com when you when you're looking at at the the whole scheme of things it's exactly how it should have ended. I mean you you almost could have pointed to the loss halfway through the game when it, we were we were standing there looking lost. I mean we were we had eight in coverage and they were gashing us. Not in the run game, in the passing game, gashing us and you have eight guys in coverage. Couldn't stop the one player that they have. We, we, we force a fumble, and then somehow we fumble it back to them. I mean, I just, it's, it's bewildering. And look, you make your own luck. I'm not, I, I don't believe this whole thing where we have bad luck. You create your own luck. And, and tonight was a perfect example of that. I agree with that. So I, 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 I'm, I'm lost, man. I mean, this, is, uh, this was silly. This was inexcusable. Two-win team. Two-win team. I don't care if they have a 10-game win streak, whatever win streak. 
two-win team. They were a terrible team. Nobody can convince me otherwise. They were a bad football team, and we let him come in and beat us in overtime. That's the comment I was going to make. I mean, yes, we had some balls bounce uh, their way. They had some balls bounce their way. We had some god-awful calls go against us. I mean, the end of that first half, we can talk about that 15 different ways. Down to the point where, look, you're in the fourth quarter. Why not go into the... Why not go into the locker room with the lead? Take the three. I know a lot of people wanted to go for it there, and it's 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 a. I, mean, I didn't hate the call, but maybe kick the three. You know, kick the field goal. Whatever. That that that's all. It doesn't matter how many balls bounce their way. They're two and seven. When they stuck when they stepped on the field, and I saw them go against our talent, I thought, well, we're gonna win by twenty. I mean, we we outmanned them that badly, and then to watch them. That first, that first scoring drive with Frank Gore, it was obvious they were going to feature him. They've been doing that the last two weeks. He just broke tackle after tackle. He found hole after hole. And I'm, I wasn't all that impressed with Southern Miss's offensive line. Now, they did wear on us late in the game, but early, they looked slow. They looked cement foot. And Frank Gore just continued to do what he does, and he's a great player, and you can't take that away from him. But there's one guy on the offense you have to key in on, and we couldn't stop him. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know. I don't even know if I should get into the coaching. I don't even know if it's worth even talking about it this time because there's so many other things that went on in the game. Uh, I'm trying to keep it on the rails. Uh, I thought Chandler actually did some nice things in the game. He put the ball on the money several times, especially in the flat. He was very accurate. He got away for some plays uh, with his legs. But then here come the small details that we leave out, here come the turnovers. That turnover, that, that fumble snap, you know, when they refuse to put the freshman center in, who we all know is going to be a good player, I don't know if they just don't trust him, whatever. That was such a, that, that's a game-changing play. You know, you needed some momentum there, you needed to answer him there, and they dropped the ball on a snap. And not only does, why not just fall on the football? Don't try to make a play, just jump on the ball. I don't know. I'm going to need some guide rails because I could go, again, I can go a thousand different ways. Jerry, uh, as expected, this is uh, not a fun post game, and uh, I'm, I'm sure we're about to turn it over to some people who want to give some comments. You were unfortunately in person. Um, <laughs> tell us what you saw. Uh, I saw a team that was undisciplined. I saw a team that played sloppy. I saw a team once again for the second week in a row had everything in front of them for bowl eligibility and a little bit of momentum to close the season out. And instead they were outplayed and really just out energized by a team that was two and seven and really didn't have as much to play for. Uh, I had the chance to go uh, on the other side of the field. Um, I know I ran into Josh in the end zone on the hill. I went meet uh, my good friend Marshant Kenny. I know he's celebrating tonight with um, with with um, at, in the Southern Miss section and got to meet some really cool Southern Miss fans. But, you know, looking at Southern Miss's sideline, they looked so much more fired up to play than our sideline did. Um, and you can I, I knew and it was right before the half where we weren't able to convert that, you know, couldn't score basically from the one yard line. I just knew I said, this is not good. This is not good at all. And, um, you know, look, we talk about the revenge tour. We've talked about, you know, how the, the team kept receipts all off season. Well, 
this is a time where you have a lot of people out there that are telling you, I told you so. And like Deion Sanders said, after that Colorado loss to Stanford, when they were down, you know, when they were up 29, nothing, and they ended up losing in overtime, he said it in his post game. He said, look, people were waiting for you to lose. People were waiting for you to fail. Well, guess what? You just gave them reasons to, and um, you know, they're right. And they're right. And I'm saying that about tonight. Look, <laughs> let's be honest. A lot of people had doubts about whether it was, the coaching staff for the team uh, with the inconsistencies. Well, tonight proved, I hate to say it. I would never put down our team. I, I bleed vermilion in white, but the critics out there, they've, they've got some validity to what they're saying after what I've seen these last two weeks. I mean, this, the last five days of Cajuns football has probably been one of the most underachieving five days of Cajuns football I've seen in a long time. And that says a lot, especially coming from me. I'm an optimist, but tonight there was no excuse for that. Um, there was no excuse. You know what that 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 comment, the revenge tour, receipts, all this crap. That's all BS. It was all lip service. That's what that tells me. That tells me we're gonna say something and not back it up. And as much as I want, look, I like I like I like this. Co I like the guys on this coaching staff. I really do. I like them all. I think they're all good people. It's a results oriented business. We are. 23 games into this regime and we're still talking about the crap we were talking about in game one and two of last season that has still not been corrected. Nothing gives me confidence, especially after this performance tonight and the performance last week. Nothing gives me confidence that anything is going to change in game 30, in game 35, in game 40 because there is nothing they have shown me that will change outside of a couple of fluke wins like like at South Alabama and Texas State. Outside of that, what have they shown me? They've shown me they can blow leads. They can show me they don't show up for entire halves of football. They show me they're undisciplined. They show me that we can get outcoached. They show me that they, we can get out-schemed. And look, we've got good players. Gant played his heart out tonight, man. A lot of those guys on the field played their heart out tonight. I know Draylon was 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 running with a purpose, but we continue to say and and bitch about the same things every single game that we have 22 games ago. When is it going to change? It's great you're going to say we're on this revenge tour. Where's the revenge tour? We're not getting a whole hell of a lot of revenge on anybody, Jerry. So I, I I mean I'm I'm just uh I, I'm I'm apathetic at this point. And and look, I'm gonna say, look, I I I was one of the I'm I'm one of the main guys handling the Twitter account. I was saying it ends today. It ends today. And I was I was sure we would win this game because I just figured we would respond in a way that showed us a little bit of vengeance, especially with everything coming in. And that's also why I said I was petrified about this game because how would we react especially with the southern miss team that has gotten hot over the last two weeks i mean they've they're playing on a totally different level but this game should have been won and i'm going to give credit to southern miss because again they came in with a with a plan they came in with some energy even with a two and seven record this team felt like they had more to play for than we did and that that's what's upsetting about this because we should have won this game I mean, you get inside the one yard line, what, three times? You get no points. You 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 march down the field like it's nothing. You get in the red. It's like we're like the Saints. It's like the Pete Carmichael Saints. You get in the red zone, you march down the field, 50 plus yard drives, and you can't get any points out of it. 
I mean, you can't, you're not going to beat high schools doing that, right? You know, you look back and, 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 but, but what is it, right? You point the finger, three fingers point back. That's all self-inflicted. That's all self-inflicted. And at this point, how have we not figured that out in game number 10? In game number 10. I was going to say, Josh, I know you're, you're, you're running the, the Twitter space and I'm sure, I mean, we have, we have a bunch of people <laughs> on all streams right now. So if you want to start taking comments, I just want to warn anybody, if you're listening to this in your car on the way home or around kids, I have a feeling it's going to be some rage and review after dark. So luckily I have an edit button that I can do on the audio side when we get there. But, uh, yeah, hide your kids, hide your mama, hide all of them, because it's probably going to get a ugly, Josh. If your kids are listening to Rage and Review at 11 o'clock at night on a school night, shame on you, not <laughs> shame bed. on us. Well, that Go was just bed. a disclaimer for the the you know the folks that like to complain complain about backwards hats and stuff like that. <laughs> I, and I look, I wanted to. I know there's some, some Southern Miss fans listening in, probably going, "Ha ha ha!" Look, man, your your team was better tonight. I'm just gonna but they say weren't it. though. We, we, they weren't they, though. They were, we were worse. They weren't better. We were worse. That was that was that was. The they were deal, no, but but that's the thing though. We were worse, but that naturally makes them better because we played so bad and they took advantage of it and they had more energy. Again, when I see them on the sideline getting fired Jerry, up and they, I see our guys standing around, no, they that, don't. Take there's no excuse for that. Take advantage of the fact that we on a third down play in overtime, we 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 you know manhandled this dude for an automatic 15 for pass interference and then let them walk in. I don't think that's them, them being better than us. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm look, Southern Miss is a bad team. And, and, and I know they got some fans oh, in here saying, on paper. Oh, no, they're, on paper? They're, they're talented, but we just haven't put it together. No, 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 no. that's all on BS. paper. On paper. We're, we're, we're a better team. No, not on paper. Is, is... In reality, we're a better team. No. They won two damn games before this game. Nick, they beat us, man. They beat oh, us. It doesn't matter. They, they, that doesn't matter. It does matter. Fellas, they beat us. Listen, fellas, fellas, losing a football game is one thing. Losing a locker room is something completely different. And we That's have exactly been right. worse for a month. We're getting worse. How the hell can you explain these last few efforts without saying that somebody, some, something is going on? We are losing effort. We are losing focus. We are losing something. That it, I'm not going to blame anybody in particular. I'm just telling you from watching the team play. If you watch the games from last year and you watch the games from early this year, this is not the same team that went to Minnesota. And I understand Zion is injured. I'm telling you the effort is not the same. So you saw Mike lose his freaking mind when we when they were doing the kneel downs. You know why he was losing his mind? Because they were because just standing we had there. No effort. There was no effort. That is that is way more important to me at this point. Now we can quibble, you know, we can squabble over them being better than us. I've lost to teams in my when I played sports. Nick, I don't know how much sports you played. Jerry, I don't know how much. You lose to teams that you should never lose to because of circumstantial things that happen or a bad call or whatever. We 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 dominated them on offense most of the night. Their defense could not stop us. We got big plays. We got chunk plays. We controlled the clock at times. We just didn't finish drives. Now that's part of the game. I understand that you got to finish drives. But they were not better than us. They were not better. That is why it's so frustrating. And and look, we can talk about the rest later. But but overall, even the performance as bad and weird as it was, it wasn't. They had moments that that changed the game that we weren't able to capitalize on when we had the opportunities. I'm gonna let some people get in because we have a lot of people that want to get in. Uh, Jerry, if you want to answer what I just said, go ahead and do that, and then we'll we'll get to the callers. 
Well, again, I'll say it. We were, we were, we, we have more talent than they do on paper. There's no denying it. I mean, without Frank Gore, I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't know how this game turns out, but I know it turns out to our advantage, but at the same time, you know, we, we continue to make these same mistakes. We continue to make the same knucklehead uh, errors on, you know, miss fundamentals and all that stuff. And again, to, to Southern Miss's credit, they took advantage of that. And again, they came in with a certain, a different level of energy than us. That's what upsets me the most is that, again, we had a lot to play for tonight, guys. Team's beaten us 10 years in a row. We haven't beaten them in, I mean, 10 times in a row. We haven't beaten them in 30 years. You get them at home for the first time, which by the way, you know, you have this team that you've been wanting a rivalry with for three or four decades. They finally come to your house as a conference member and we did nothing to promote the game, but we'll talk about that later. But they came in with a certain level of energy and 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 we we just we just slacked around. I mean, let's just call it what Again, it is. For the second uh, week in a row when you had something to play for. You know, Carson, one of our our listeners, he sends a lot of comments. He says talk he's talking about I have faith we'll make a bowl game. Can we be blunt? Can, can we be blunt? Point. Who gives a shit? Who cares? Who cares? This is a team, and I understand it's six bowl games in a year, in a row, and that's a school record. I don't care. There's 87 bowl games. Who cares? This was a team that had everything to play for last week. You you had you had your own destiny right in front of you. You just had to win. You had to beat teams that you're better than, and you showed up and didn't try to win the game. That is what's important to me. See, J.A., I fell into a coma after we beat Texas State. The miracle of modern medicine saved my life, and I'm back. Did we really just lose three out of four? Yes. Yes, that really happened. And we were favored in all those games, too, by the way, that we lost. Hey, by the way, we lost homecoming at home to, to, to Georgia State. We, we needed a fumble at the goal line to beat Texas State, who, eh, they haven't looked great since then. And then you got what you got tonight, which is an abomination as far as I'm concerned. Terry, you were the first to request... Uh, I know you're probably going to have a lot to say, so I'm not going to try to put any guy rails on you. Let it fly. Just keep in mind there's a lot of people that want to speak. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, yeah. Jerry uh, Jerry kind of got a few text messages from me, and um, he already knows how I'm feeling. I'm not going to say everything I said in the text message, but um, this is all on, in my opinion, this is all on the head coach. Your head coach is supposed to motivate you. Your head coach is supposed to. Yeah, I, I think I said it before. It's like like any business, you have to have like a mission statement. And we talked about oh, the revenge tour, you know, this and that. Kept the receipts. You need a real mission statement, a goal. And there was no, in my opinion, a real goal for this team. Like uh, like Nick said, it was all lip service. It was, it was fool's gold, right? It was fool's gold. And Jimmy, yes, I'm gonna be negative. So for you, I'm say, not I'll be negative. Oh, nope, because I'm about to be negative with you. I can't even. I can't. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for. Thank you for coming to the dark side, Jimmy. <laughs> I can't even do it. Like, so here, if I'm a, and I say, if I'm a head coach, you want you want players to go out there, and you want players to give a for your community, and you see them, and you don't. They don't do it on a week to week basis. That's all. On, on head coach and as a former player and Jimmy if you, you agree or disagree I don't know we played in two different areas we played in different areas of college football than these players if I'm a current player and I'm not getting motivated by my head coach if I have an anemic fan base that doesn't want to show up if I have an anemic uh, you know ad, ad, admin 
that doesn't want to promote a Thursday night game on national television against a rival school that we have not beaten in 30 years. Why would I even want to stay here? Exactly. Why, why, why would I give my effort? Why would I tell my family, put on the, the hat at signing national sign day? I'm going to go the next three to four years to the University of Louisiana. Why would I even want to do that? Why would I put myself through the situation? If I'm any of those players, you know, and I'm getting DMs from other schools, how can I, how can I say no? But, uh, Terry, like, what you, what you fail to realize is, and I, I'm look, at this point, man, the gloves are off with me mm-hmm. because that's just embarrassing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say things that I probably shouldn't say and normally wouldn't say because at this point, it's like, you, you know, you try to make, you try to be foregoing and you try to, you know, give advice and say we should do this, we should do that, and then you get all these rebuttals on Twitter saying yeah. we shouldn't do. So I'm going to yeah. say that I'm going to leave people's names out of it but Terry, you probably well, you probably know this, you probably don't. But me and another friend, I'm gonna not say his name for the yeah. sake of you know, but I'm gonna put myself out there. Yeah. We actually had a meeting scheduled with the administration mm-hmm. to figure out what we can do to get more community involvement, to get more people in the stands, to just get people excited about Rage Cajun football, yeah. right? This meeting was supposed to happen. My friend, who shall be nameless, had folders, files on top of files of things that we can do, suggestions, you know, because we played in that era where we had the most fans that Cajun Field has ever seen. Uh He had suggestions on top of suggestions, different things that we can do. This person is from Lafayette, by the way, so he's a homegrown Cajun, right? Terry, you think we had that meeting? No, I think they found some way to, you know, shut it down or – but, but if you give feedback on, on like, so you don't want to have the meeting in private to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. But then when we get on Twitter and voice our opinion, then it stopped being negative. You need to support the university. But what else do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's embarrassing. And I, I forgot who said it before about, like, the community and, like, everybody being tied into, like, what's going on right now. That's true. Because at the end of the day, how are we going to get the community excited about what we're producing on the field? Let me ask you, let let me just point something out, Jimmy. You have got a team that is 60 miles down the road that is an SEC team that is raking in millions of dollars a year that more than than we'll make in, in 20. And you've got guys that are on live post game. Twitter spaces and and YouTube spaces, cursing the players, cursing the coaches, dropping F-bombs, and then interviewing players and coaches the following Monday. And because the university knows that it's actually good publicity for them, regardless of what they say, regardless of the feelings they hurt, it is a good thing for the university to have somebody and publicity there. And, and to engage with those types of folks because at least they're putting your name out there. It may be controversial, but you know what? People are talking about you, okay? Regardless of the negativity, I don't know what it has been with this university for the past 30, 40, 50, 100 years. They are so scared for somebody to say negative things about them that they just completely 
disengage and don't even give them the opportunity to help. And we've seen that firsthand, right? So hearing it from you confirms what I'm thinking, that you're either a sunshine pumper and they'll, they'll talk to you, or if the first sign of negativity that you have, that's truth, by the way, we, we, nothing to do with you because you don't help us. I, we're so insecure as, as an institution and other, other big time programs are nowhere near as insecure. And guess what? They're doing a hell of a lot better. They got a lot more than, than 8,000, 5,000 people in the stands on a Thursday night. I'm just saying. They got to get past this insecurity. I just wanted to bring that up because I wanted the people in this space to know that the things that I post on Twitter, I'm not just, like, I've tried. Like, y'all don't even know the things that I've done. Like, I've, I've went to businesses on my own to try to promote the cages. Dude, like, like this tea business, right? This, this shine nutrition. I got them to make a raging Cajun like type of drink to like support the cages, get more people. I'm doing different things like that, but we don't even like, that's not even being acknowledged. We like, I'm bringing that up to say, I'm not doing, I'm not just saying all these things on Twitter and it's just not coming out of my, you know what? I don't want to curse. Cause like you said, kids might be on, but I'm not just doing that. I want y'all to know that there are people that are actively trying to do this thing the right way and trying to get it turned around. But for some reason, the powers that be don't want to hear it. And I know that might ruffle some feathers, but it's the truth. So, unfortunately, if these players do leave, we have nobody to look at but ourselves at this point. Because it's, 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 I don't want to say it's our fault as if we did something. Exactly. But come on, look what we're doing. Look what we're doing, man. So when they leave, I don't want I don't want to hear, I don't want to see nobody that's in the administration or nobody that anything to do with this say anything negative or say anything like oh well you know it's not fair no it is fair because we could have did a better job of promoting the school and promoting these players and getting more people in the stands but we didn't do it so this is the result of that that is embarrassing we on national TV I had people texting me saying we look like a high school team that's embarrassing. That is oh, I guarantee you, they had more people at the at the volleyball championships today in the Cajun Dome than they had in Cajun Field tonight. But it's your fault, Jimmy, and it's my fault, and it's everybody's fault. Let me chime in. Let me chime in, guys. The, I'm going to just say it straight up, and I got people that work. I know people. We all know people that work for the university. We know people that are in that system, but I'm just going to say it straight up. The university, when it comes to marketing this game and promoting it, they should be ashamed of themselves. The university, whoever's handling marketing, if this was their 100% effort at marketing a game against a team that you've been begging. I mean, you Southern Miss was a team we wanted to emulate for decades. Yeah, every time we talked about a model program, it was we got to be like Southern Miss before we started racking off winning seasons. This was you finally get that team to be your not only your rival, but a a conference mate that will come to Lafayette every other year to play you. And this is the first time in 22 years that we hosted them on national TV as a conference mate. And the only promotion we run include a mass email, which is basically spam for most people. It goes to the trash bin as well, not to mention as well as $10, $10 promos to faculty. Yeah, they really showed out tonight. Let me tell you, there was a ton of faculty there, right, Jerry? Jerry, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I've seen you tonight, and look, 
I, just like something like lighthearted. I seen you in the stands tonight. I didn't say because, you know, it was kind of in that area where at that point in the game where it got tense. And I was like, look, I was more nervous than anything. But I don't know how the hell you got out the stadium fast enough to, like, get on this podcast. I was like, God, dang, like, how you already, like, it was just crazy because as soon as I was leaving the stadium, I look on here, you on. Probably because I was lighting him up because he was like, it'll be 30 minutes. And I'm like, nah, fam, we going on now. Like, you you either get home <laughs> or, or we're not doing this. So uh, I kind of I stayed on him a little bit to do that. So No, I was going to say, I pro- I'm probably going to say something else I probably shouldn't say. And this is probably going to get me in a lot of trouble. But I feel like I have to say it because I feel like I have to share it with y'all. You remember when I posted that thing about, like, the tickets? about um, on Twitter when I said I went to Ticketmaster and I tried to get some tickets for a certain certain amount. Like, it came out to be $40, but then yeah, I, I went to yeah. check out and it said $90. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I went, so my little cousin is a big UL fan. He's a junior in high school. And I went to a certain person in, in administration to try to, you know, get them even either a tour or some type of, you know, like a sideline pass or whatever for his birthday because he's a he's a diehard UL fan because of when like the days when I played. When I tell you I got met with so much resistance, you would have thought I never played for this university. Okay. Now you like, know how it feels to be one of us because that's exactly how they treat me. Terry, all Terry, all they care is about themselves, dude. We live in in a boss parish, I got a 10-year-old, I got a 13-year-old. Both of them brought a, a friend to this game. And they were excited to be there. We get there. It was, I mean, it was the most terrible experience we've ever had. I mean, the line, everything. is just, I don't know. We've got to do better. We've got to do better. I agree. And that's the thing. Like, we, I, It's come to the realization that we don't want to do better. Or people in the administration are just so, I don't know we're like woven into, you know, the fabric of the university and history. These people ain't going to get fired. Terry, like Terry. They may know a person. And there is no we incompetence. Drive an hour and a half, we drive an hour and 15 minutes to the game. Everybody in Lafayette is there. You know, they go sleep in their house. We're sitting there at the fourth quarter, and they can go back to their house, and we're sitting there still, and now we're driving back home. And – you know, on a loss. It's just terrible. There is no incompetence that yeah, knows man. this yeah. depth by accident. Terrible. This is not an accident. Dude, we're so much better than Southern Miss. We're so much better than Southern Miss. Oh, my God. That's a win. Jerry, let me let me uh, jump in real quick. And I told you the story early in the week, but uh, I had a co-worker of mine. He goes to a few LA games. He didn't realize there was a game. The only reason he found out there was a game on Thursday night is his mom was passing through Hattiesburg, and there was a billboard saying the game wow. was being played. Wow. <laughs> that, is, that is the only reason why. So they market this game in Hattiesburg as a road game better than we do as as a home game. Am I getting that right, Seth? Correct. Like I said, he had he's he's a South alum, but he lives in Lafayette, and he goes to a few ULO games. Like I said, but he had no idea. There was a game on Thursday. He texted me. He's like, hey, there's a game Thursday? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, ticket discounts? Like, no. He said, okay, well, my mom just called and said there was a game. And she saw it in Hattiesburg. So I was just asking you. 
this was the game to pull out all stops. This was the game to charge one to five dollar tickets. This was the game to, like you said, Josh, open the gates, let everybody in, and let's see what we get out of it, right? This was the game where where students were getting a half day of school on campus to where you could have set something up to really, really get this this thing into an event. This was a again, this was a softball. And instead, what do we do? Nothing. We punt once again to and we have 15 we have 15,000 people that show up which wasn't 15,000 people that's a lie I mean you could definitely I mean Josh did it look like 15,000 people in the stadium it didn't look like it to me there was maybe 8,000 people there tonight maybe maybe you know I made the joke somebody said it doesn't matter if we get 30,000 or if we get eight we'll always say 15 I mean uh, it's like like I said on on the the x app or twitter app it's like level billing with Intergy where they, they just say, well, it could be up, it could be down. We'll just get 15 the whole time. We'll, we'll give you your average for every game. Um, but that, look, it. We here, here's the problem I have. I spend so much time defending and, and, and trying to push the culture of the program. And you, you, you spent, I spent all my time and my pride and, and, and trying to push this program forward. And then you look at the TV and you see that and you know, what's coming. You're, it, the insults are coming and you can't defend it. You, you, how can you defend what you saw on TV tonight? You can't defend it. You just have to say, yeah, uh, there's no me, way we should have lost that game. Let me, let me, no yeah, way. Yeah. we Southern, got way more talent, man. Way Southern, more talent. Southern miss was on the third string quarterback as well. So if anybody tries to throw that defense out, you know, Chandler put us in a position to win. I'm sorry. He played Chandler winning football. Gr- Absolutely. He played winning football. Minus the fumble. But that's yeah. going to be the, the defense of this program. It's, you know, a third-string quarterback, you know, but the other side had the exact same situation. Well, I'm interested to hear the post-game comments, which obviously we didn't do because we had to get on as quickly as possible because I was pissed. But I'm interested to hear because every week it's the same thing. It's, you know— well, that's on me. We got to do better. Well, that's on me. We got to do better. Well, we don't make we don't make adjustments. We just play better. Is is nobody going to be held accountable? Like, is this is this who we are now? The message was we have to get back to basics. That's that's pretty much what they said. Get back to basics. You're on week. You're in game number ten. What are you talking about? No, Jerry, stop saying we're in game number ten. We're in game number twenty three. <laughs> Let's just say that we're in game number twenty three, and we're still talking about going back to basics. The basics thing, like, they've been playing. These yeah. kids are tw- 20, 21, 22. They know the game. They know the game now. It's schematic. The game is about blocking and tackling. If you're not a block and tackle, and I'm sorry, and you're 18 and 22 year old college, college kids playing football, what are you even doing on the field? Hell, if you've been playing football since you were five and you are a 40 some odd year old coach and you still can't coach it, what are you doing? Like, what's going on here? Back to basics. The, the, what are we doing? So, so you ready to have that conversation now, Terry? Or are we going to still, like, sugarcoat the whole thing? No, nah, man. Uh, no, nah, nah, man. I have the conversation. I'm ready to have that conversation now? Yeah, yeah let's go. <laughs> well, hang on. Look, Jimmy. Jimmy, let's do it like this. Every few minutes, I got new people asking to speak. So let me get some more comments in. We'll circle back and do the conversation because we got about 10 other ones to have. But let me get everybody's comments in because yeah, that's what we do it for. So give me a second. Chuck, go ahead, Chuck. It's yours. Dude. I stayed for that whole game. Jer- uh, Jerry, you were fortunate to leave, man, in the fourth quarter. That was a, <laughs> oh, that was a disaster. But 
No, I wanted to kind of comment on the um, kind of the marketing side of things. So this morning I was at work and was talking to one of our, you know, we have a recent graduate. He actually is in grad school, but you know, we, me and another coworker were talking about the game. He's like, wait, you're not talking about Thursday night football. <laughs> yeah. That, that's totally on our marketing, but it kind of made me realize, um, I guess this was before COVID. Do y'all remember when the university, they were doing something for like a promotion for grad, like recent graduates to get season tickets for a discounted price? Yeah. I, I wonder what ever happened was, with that. I, that was a few years back, wasn't it, Nick? I'll tell you what happened with that. It's what happens with everything else that they do. They try it. They, it doesn't work. They forget about it and they move on to the next thing. And that doesn't work. And they forget about it, and they move on to the next thing. That's what happened with it. That's what always happens. It happens all the time. Uh, what, a, so, what a surprise! Shocking, yeah. And 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 going back on the comments about, you know, our our administration or our staff not not caring. I'll tell you what they care about. They care about their next job, and they they come from other programs and, and and they graduate from other schools that are big time programs. If you notice, that's the trend. They come from successful big time programs and they think they just have to show up and the fans will be there. That's not the case. And and so you have these people from outside of the area that know no one here that don't really know the Cajun culture and they're they this is a stepping stone. I mean, you think about all the people who have come and gone in the last 10 years, ain't a whole lot of people left that are still in those positions. So you got a whole lot of people that are just looking for their next big job. This is just a stepping stone. I don't feel the caring. I don't feel like they care. No, I really don't. No. Look, 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 you guys saw the comment on Raging Pageant today by somebody. I guess it's an administrator talking about, uh, contrary to what some people believe, we put out all the stops for this game to promote it. We sent out emails. We put an article in The Advocate. I'm like, that, does anybody even read The Advocate anymore? Does anybody even, like, emails? Again, spam? Like that's that, like putting a PowerPoint together to Conference USA to to send you know years ago to get into the conference we sent them a PowerPoint that's about as effective as whatever they claim to have done. Did you did you toil a, a paper and and put it to a pigeon and pigeon travel too? I mean, this is this is your effort in in marketing. That's that's what you did. I mean, this is Acadiana, man. I've always said this area. When you market, you have to treat it like you're running for political office. You got to shake hands. You got to kiss babies. You got to go to small businesses, bring them cookies, have coffee with them, talk about the Cajuns. And yet we don't do any of that. We, we, we do everything. We, we just do everything on the fly. Like, let's just send out an email. Let's just, you know, put a poster up and hope, hope, put a tweet out and hope everybody reads it. Which, by the way, most of our fan base is older. They don't have Twitter. They barely know how to turn on Twitter, let alone see a, a Twitter ad. That I mean, come on. Really? There is a there is a lack of accountability and people are too freaking comfortable. People are too comfortable on the coaching side, on the administration side. They're too comfortable. We need to start lighting fire of people's asses right now. Otherwise, we're going to be 23 games later and we're still going to be talking about the same crap. Josh, what did we say? What did we say? Remember what we said? Those people, a lot of those people with those cushy jobs, whether it's 30,000 people in the stands, or 3,000 people in the stands, they're still going home with the same paycheck. They have no reason to want to be better. They have no reason. Chuck, thanks for your thoughts. Uh, Mason, thanks for joining. Floor is yours. Uh, no problem. Can you hear me? 
Yes, sir. All right. Uh, well, first of all, Southern Miss fan here. Just wanted to say to you guys, y'all are my favorite school to play. I'm really glad we're all in the same conference now. Uh, and I know y'all are having a lot of the same frustration in some of your programs that we are. And uh, I feel your pain. And, uh, yeah, that's basically all I'm going to say, guys. Fun game. It, I won't say it was a good game, but it was a fun game to watch. So, Nathan, I wish most of our fan base was as excited to – you know, have you in the conferences, y'all are to have us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it seems like nobody's in our in Lafayette is excited at all. Well, I think well, you guys have your diehard fans are really excited about the rivalry that we have. Uh, I think y'all just and y'all are talking about it right now. Uh, y'all just have some engagement issues that really need to be looked at from the top down. Once you guys get some more buy, y'all have a good one. You think? Hey, Mason, thank you for that. Appreciate Thanks, you. Uh, Mason. Feelings mutual mutual on that. We love having Southern Miss in the, uh, in the Sun Belt. And look, your diehard fans and our diehard fans are very similar. We have a lot in common. The problem is you have about 50,000 more of those than we do. So if we can work on that, that's kind of why we exist. We're trying to cultivate a new generation of diehard fans. But when you guys come to town, when we go to Hattiesburg, it's always a good game. It's always fun. I hope this continues for years to come. Uh, it's just a shame that our administration didn't get the memo that this was important to our fan base. Yeah, and I was going to say, I just I, those 50,000 fans all know me on Twitter. The banter is fun. I love going back and forth with those guys because it's all good, clean fun, and at the end of the day, we uh, we respect each other. So It's really, that's, uh, it's really that's the cool. only base that makes it feel big time, it makes our, our games feel big time. What I loved and really, it really um, it made me gain a, a sense of a level of respect for their fans was whenever they announced our name for the regional in baseball, like their watch party, they all cheered and applauded and got excited like that. That's so cool. I mean, it, yeah, you know, we play each other and we don't like each other when we play each other, but I, I enjoy the, I do enjoy the banter and, and, and rival. We've been wanting something like this for a long time. So that was good. To, it's always good to see. Where is a, some Andrew Grady just said, where's Kyle? You guys realized that this was the Kyle Brister bowl, right? He went to Southern Miss, and uh, that's his that's his second school. So I'm very upset that he's not here. <laughs> Kyle is probably a fifth in right now, so we're not going to hear from him tonight. Matt, I'm not going to try to say that last name and embarrass myself. Yeah, you're good. You're good, man. Welcome just, to the show. I, I don't know. If, have, have you guys already talked about the Lafayette quarterback situation? I, I was just intrigued by it just because going in, it, I mean, did Lafayette fans think that the quarterback situation was going to be big? I get it as a third-string quarterback. Well, hang on. Let me stop you for a second. Hold, hold on. Let me stop for a second. Lafayette Leopards is a school in New Jersey. You guys played Louisiana tonight. Let's just get that one all all ironed out, and then we can move on from there. All right, so no Lafayette, it's always UL. You can go UL, you can go Raging right. Cajuns, you can go Louisiana. Any of those is acceptable, especially on this show, but uh, Lafayette Leopards is a school in the Northeast. But, uh, yeah, so as far as the quarterback question, uh, go right ahead, finish your thoughts. Sorry about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say, so for UL, is there just a uh, – was there concern entering this game just because Southern Miss's defense had played such a solid game? I guess it's against ULM, but was there the concern with the fan base just out of curiosity for like entering a game going into hot defense? Like I feel like it was a third string quarterback with only a couple days to prepare for the defense that is new looking up and coming. Like what was that level of concern for you guys entering today? I was petrified. I said it last week. I was petrified. I mean, we couldn't move the ball on Arkansas State with Zeon in there before he got hurt. I was petrified knowing that, um, honestly, we, we Chandler had thrown three passes all season this year up until the Arkansas State game when he had to go into the fourth quarter. So 
I was petrified, not only because of Southern Miss's defense playing well against ULM, but Southern Miss's offense and being able, whether or not we were able to uh, to keep up with them. So, yeah, I, I was I was nervous, but I thought Chandler played. Chandler did his part tonight. I mean, I'm just going to say he played a great game. I mean, I have his stats, 24 for 38, 260 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that was enough to win the game. Um, but, I mean, I was scared. I mean, I was, I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Yeah, I can't say I was nervous. I was more concerned about our ability to run the ball than I was with Chandler because we we know Chandler can sling the ball uh, down the field. But I think my concern was was more on the side of is Chandler going to be protected? Is he going to be able to protect the football? And are we going to be able to run the ball? Those were my three because because when, when I made the comment that I was concerned about our third string quarterback going in, I was more concerned about the fact that we're taking a weapon away when you have such a talent as Zeon, you can't replace him. I mean, he would have been absolutely the best athlete on the field. Look, and you can argue Frank Gore Jr. Cause I have mad respect for that kid, but I think Zeon would have probably been edged him out a little bit as a best player on the field. And when you have a guy that can throw the ball and run it like he does and, and break one for 80 yards before you can blink, when you take that weapon away and you, you don't, you're the the opposing defense doesn't have to account for the quarterback running the ball then I think that is what concerned me more than than Chandler coming in I I thought Chandler would manage the game just fine agree a thousand percent I expected Chandler Fields to play winning football he's played winning football for us in the past and going back to all the stuff about we're making excuses about third string quarterback and I see Watkins in the space he was talking about how you know don't fall for that you know he's a very experienced third string quarterback 224 snaps under his belt yada 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 the, the fact of the matter is he's still the third-string quarterback. However, I still think because of the way our team is built, we could win with Chandler behind center. That was, that, I, I was not surprised at all by his performance. Uh, having said that, we certainly lose a dynamic uh, to our offense. I mean, we don't have the legs that Zeon possesses with Chandler. We don't have the, the ability to stretch the field like Zeon. Zeon throws one of the best deep balls in the Sun Belt Conference. We, never, we don't talk enough about that. He's very accurate down the field. Uh, and Jerry, you just read off Chandler's stats. I mean, he played winning football. Chandler, or the quarterback position, was not why we lost the game tonight. Uh, unfortunately, what, what do we score? 33 points? 31 points? Something like that. So we, we've scored plenty enough to win the football game. Uh, but as far as what I expected, I expected about what I got. Uh, but good question, Matt. Thanks for it. Stu, you requested to speak, and you are up next, sir. Go right ahead. Uh, thanks for bringing me in, guys. Um... How do you feel about allowing Southern Miss continue to be your daddy? You know, there's always one. Even but I'll bite. I'll bite. Uh, your team is not good. I guess that makes my team oh, not terrible. very good either. No, you're terrible. Your we're defense terrible. is terrible. Your offensive line is slow. Your quarterback can't throw the football. I cannot believe we lost to a team that bad on our home field. Uh, in front of nobody. It's, it was embarrassing. No, we're terrible. But it continues. It's like... Alcorn State's more of a, more of a threat to Southern Miss than Lafayette at this point. So, well, you don't play Lafayette. You played Louisiana tonight, so I don't know who you're talking about. The, the official called the officials called y'all Lafayette. Like, well, officials, the official was incompetent. The entire officiating crew was incompetent. So if you want to compare anything to that officiating crew, I, you know, there's really not a lot of uh, they, they they were terrible. There's not they, a, they, a lot of validity there. What call did they miss? All of them. What, what Literally all of them. Literally all of them. No, the officials were drunk. Dude, are you no, telling? There's no way you actually watched that game and believe we didn't score at least one touchdown on that last drive in the first half. If you think that, you're not even worth talking to. The the closest call was the 
was the play where the running back might have got into the end zone, but they didn't have the angle. When his entire body and the offensive line was standing inside of the end zone on the red area, not even on the white goal line, that part? Yeah, that was the closest one. That was the closest one, but the – he didn't get into the, the ball. Never got in the end zone on the the play where the tight end called the ball. That was a, then that was why a touchdown. Did, then why didn't the officials say it, the call was confirmed? If you're so sure that they made the right call, because they weren't even sure they made the right call. On which play? On the play you're talking about, the one that you just forgot that you told me that they, they they sent they sent the Sun Belt official to the booth to explain it at halftime. Yeah, and so why did they not say that call is confirmed? Why did they say it stands? Because that, that when they say it stands, that means they don't have enough evidence to overturn it, but it's not confirming the play. But I'm glad the little man walked to, to the, the booth to give his side of the story. That doesn't tell me anything. They must, uh, they must have had enough confidence to go to the booth and say that. Or they're incompetent and didn't want to overcall, overturn their call. That happens in this league all the time, dude. Come on. Do you watch the games? I watch every game, man. And you're telling me you have confidence in Sudbelt officiating? Yeah, I was about to say, come on now. <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the closest play the closest play was the ball get into the end zone on the running back up the middle. I mean, the biggest the biggest change in the game was the, the guard or the center going out and getting hurt and then the, the snap changing. That's something we can agree on. Losing Landon Burton yeah. was a big part of that game, no I mean, question. That killed us. Yeah, I mean, that definitely killed us. Yeah, that, that completely changed the game. And they finally changed uh, to the different center in the fourth quarter, and y'all drove the ball. But there was never evidence of the touchdown with the tight end scoring or the running back scoring. Stu, you have any questions? Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to go that route. Well, you've made your comment. We disagree. We're moving on. Do you have a question? No. I mean, I, my, my question was, uh, yeah, y'all were about as equal – of threat of all right uh let's see uh, we rock we walked three through a wins bunch of those. and they're they're talking crap for three their third win on the they're, season they're a clown ass team and this guy's gonna call up and start flexing about alcorn state like that is that where you see he lost is me he you? lost me at that point he lost me at that point i was actually gonna bite and then he said alcorn state i'm like come on man let's let's not be ridiculous here come on now andy t you have requested to speak floor is yours sir thank you oh god that was so bad uh I want to yeet myself off the press box watching that, but I want after God, yeah, like like Nick said, we're twenty games into this, and I feel like our defense has only gotten worse. And I just want to know, thought for you guys, at, at what point do we need to make a change? I mean, we're twenty games in, you know, I I just don't see anything getting better with this, and I'd rather just rip the bandaid off now before we lose any more that we currently have. I just, I'm absolutely done and it's frustrating and I hate it all. It's awful. You guys go ahead. That was my comment. Go ahead, Jerry. We'll, we'll start with you. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I know people are going to disagree with me on this and I know people are going to get mad and go, how can you say that? He gets one more year. He gets one more year. And you know, right now we're at the same spot we were last year at five and five, and this team is a lot better, supposed to be a lot better. And we actually have a debatably easier schedule and we've gotten worse as the season goes, has gone on since, since the Texas state game. Um, that's the part that gives me the most. I, I, I mean, really, I don't see a change happening anytime soon. I just don't. 
I think Coach Dez is going to get another year. I think he he deserves one more year, and we'll see what happens. I can agree with that on the off because, and you know, like you guys have said, Chandler I feel like didn't lose the game. Our offense they they did what they could in the in the current situation. That's just I think more so on the defensive side for me. You know, does does give Lamar another year? Because at this point, it's it's clear it's just it's schematics. You know, we have the talent. And we're not making the adjustments there on the defensive side. So when, you know, how long do we let that lease go on for? Look, I'm going to say there has to be some soul searching. And I think uh, I'm with Jerry, whether or not I agree with it. The fact is he's going to be here another year. They're not going to cut Des after year two. So I think he's got to do some soul searching and know that his job is on the line next year. I really feel that is the case. I don't think we're going to wait till year four if we continue to regress like like we have or be inconsistent because some some weeks we're we're much better than last season and some some weeks we're not. So I think he's going to have some really tough decisions to make in this offseason. And if I'm being honest with you and looking at the entire body of work and look, I love every single I love I said it before. I, I love all the coaches. I think we have a great set of of coaches and men but as far as coaching results matter and i think if we're continuing to regress and other teams are obviously adjusting to what we're doing and being successful and we're not adjusting to knowing that that other teams see what we're doing and they're making adjustments on their end i guess the, the for lack of a better term adjusting to their adjustments if we're not accounting for that on any side of the ball i think People need to be held accountable there. And and look, we've got, again, I'll say it again, we've got talent, but if we want to keep the talent here at Louisiana and we want to attract talent, then we have got to, I mean, we're not doing it with the crowds, obviously, so we have got to do it with the success on the field. And if we're, if we're lacking on any side of the ball, I mean, look at how special teams has been this year. That's, that's another, that's another, line of soul searching we need to do for next season. So I think you're going to see some changes, but whether it or not, it's going to be at the top of the defensive side that that remains to be seen. But I think when you see those changes and what those changes are, that may be an indication of what lies ahead. How serious are we going to be in year three? Or, or are we going to be satisfied with status quo? I think that we're going to be told that, right after the season ends. Well, well, Nick, let me say this. If it means, and I love this, but I, I do, if it means the administration can save some money and keep him on staff and, you know, pay him, you know, a moderate salary as long as uh, they save money, yeah, they'll keep him for another year. Hell, they might keep him for four or five. <laughs> let's, let's, well, let's be honest. Well, they're going to keep him, they're going to keep him as long as this, I, I th is he on a three-year or four-year contract? I don't Do know, you know really Josh. Know. Pretty sure it was three years, but he ain't going nowhere. Y'all, listen, y'all are outside of y'all minds if y'all think they're about to fire this dude. It ain't happening. Not this year. Not next year. Not the next. They're not gonna fire a guy that's taken the team to two bowl games in three years. If he finds a way to win one, one more game and we go to a bowl game, they're gonna be happy with that. He keeps it quiet and runs a clean program. It's gonna be Bob Marlin 2.0. Y'all know I'm right. Y'all know I'm right. It. They are cash strapped. They want to pay for the stadium. Academics is booming right now. They are not, they do not give a sh.
about football. I am telling you, I tried to tell you all this before the season started, and I, then people got mad at me. They have given up. They do not care. As long as Dez is making a bowl game and enough people show up to, I don't know, pay some sort of bills, because I think the number that they have to break even is in the 20s, uh, 20,000 somewhere. We've talked about that before. We're nowhere near that, and they don't even promote the game. That The one game that we could attract a big crowd, they don't even give it enough to promote it. So that's where we are. They do not care. They don't care. They're not going to fire this guy. They won't do it. But I still think, but I still think, I don't know that they're going to fire him, but I do think they would let his contract run out. I really do. And and go for another cheap hire. I, that's and I honestly don't opinion. think we'll make a bowl game this year. I'm going to be honest with you, Josh. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't want to make a bowl game. I don't want to watch football the rest of the season, to be honest with you. I, I, you know, I said it earlier. Yeah. Who cares about that? We should have won the West this year. We play one of the worst schedules in the, in the country. PFF had it at like 119. It's one of the worst schedules. Now, ODU was better than expected. They jumped up and got us. We still should have beaten Georgia State. We still, we still should have crushed Southern Miss. And here we are. Here we are. We're going to be fighting at ULM to make a damn bowl game. I, I don't even know how much the players want it at this point. I'm not, I'm not questioning their, their, uh, their passion to win or anything like that. I'm just saying, at what point do you go, you know what, we had all this in front of us and we kind of pissed it away. What's there to play for? I, I'm not in their minds. I don't know what they think. As a fan, when you look at it, that's what it feels like. Corey, it's all yours, man. Tough night to be a Cajuns fan, for sure. Um, we're, we're all feeling that. It's, it's great to see all these people um, in the space at such a late hour, even if, you know, some of them are Southern Miss fans, you know, I, I like to see the engagement. Again, I like the albino guy, like, even if we have a good football team, what is it for? What is it for? If you look up in the stands and there's only 5,000 people, what is any of, why, why have a good football team? You know, it's, the lack of promotion, the lack of engagement with the community, with the student base, like athletics is supposed to serve, right? It is. It, it's, it's supposed to provide a, an optimal college experience for students and give something for people in, in, a, in a town to root for, something that they feel is representative of them. It is drugs and remotement, all this, all the benefits. And Creating a good fan experience is more sustainable than having a good football team. It's hard to control what happens on a football field. There will always be ups and downs in years. But, you know, Nebraska has sucked for years, and they still sell out that stadium. A lot of a lot of core teams do. Hell, App State is having a horrible year by their, their standards, and they're still selling out their stadium. You know? Dude, they went five and seven last year and sold out season tickets. It's more sustainable than than creating a good football team. And the football team is for them. So what is what is what is any of this for? If why 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 does having a good football team matter if no one cares to see them? Or no, it's not that. People care people care about football in South Louisiana is that our administration doesn't care to get them into the seat. Corey, Corey. Why, why is any of this matter? Corey, let me ask you. You you mm. were in charge of the albino design, the albino mascot. How, okay, so mm -hmm. uh, first question, are you getting paid to do this? Not a dime. 
Okay, so you're not okay. That's number one. Not we're not getting paid to do this. How much time have you put into the albino mascot? Month, like I told you, like between the first initial design and research, and this the second phase that I'm working on, and gathering. Like I read people's thoughts and inputs and what they want. And unlike the university, I care about their input, whether they like albino or not. I want to design and experience the character that best serves the community. It's not about, oh, my character is best. It's what works for them. So, so if I have this correct, you have put in hours upon hours and months upon months of creating this mascot off of your free time that you don't get paid for. You don't, you don't, there's no, there's no other reason other than the fact that you just want to do something for the alma mater that you love. So let, that, that brings me to the next question with all of this time and effort that you've put in and probably money that you yourself put into this design, right? Cause I know it probably cost you money to design this, this mascot. Have you had any acknowledgement from the university or any feedback from the university, whether it's positive or negative or any reaction from the university? Uh, with your efforts to create albino at all in these last few months or six months or however long you've done this? The closest thing I've ever got is a friend of mine who has a friend that works in Martin Hall. And I got little tweets that there's just some, there was pushback because they're not a fan of the Florida Association with Gators. And they have a slight problem with the name, which I've always said, fair enough. Some people feel weird about the term albino and the name can be changed to it. But something I have been holding is that that bird, my friend who has a friend that works at Martin Hall, that they might actually know what they want to do for a mascot and they're working on, working on that now. But I've never heard anything in relation to any or albino. So, so, so let me get this straight. You've done all of this work. You've done it for free. It's probably cost you money to do it. You've put in months and months of research to do this. And yet the only response you got from the school was through a friend of a friend of a friend to give you, that gave you feedback. You didn't even get a direct response from the university. Do I have that correct? That is 100% correct. So, so my question is, if that's the case, all three of us, you, all, everybody listening into the feed, to the, to the post game, why are we here? Why are we here if that's the type of reaction we're going to get when we put in all this time and effort, when we put in all this passion into the university that we attended, if we're not going to get any ounce of acknowledgement from the people that we're trying to, to help, not please help. What, what's all this for? This is, let me, let me tell you this. They don't want to promote the university, but they don't want you to promote the university. That's the problem. They don't want to do the work because if you do the work, you make them look like they're not doing the work and they don't want to work. So they'd rather you us just shut up so they don't have to do anything. That's the answer, Jerry. It's exactly the answer. And that's why they get so mad when we bring all this stuff up because it makes them look bad. And the only time they ever act is when we embarrass them. And I can go on and on and on about well, that. Well, I'm going to say I'm going to say it again. And, and I don't care what anybody says, whether it's Corey designing the albino mascot, whether it's uh the promoting this game i'm just gonna say shame shame you should be ashamed whoever whoever whoever's whoever sees what 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 all whoever sees this and doesn't want to respond or at least acknowledge 
the stuff that people, alumni do out of their free time to try to help, to not even acknowledge it, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, in the world of NIL and, and everything stacked against us and your players you love transfer out, that on top of everything else makes it almost impossible to want to be a fan anymore. And that's not just for us, right? That's for any college football. We should be, they should be embracing the few people we have left. <laughs> the few, we saw it tonight. We have a few. We should be embracing ideas and embracing different thoughts. And, and, and look what instead they, we tell them now. Look what they got treated to tonight. That 8,000. That's what that's. So cut that in half and maybe we'll have that uh, for ULM. Maybe. Uh, let's see. Jordan. Jordan, thanks for requesting, sir. The floor is yours. Uh, Y'all kind of hit the nail on the head with uh, Corey. I was going to say, from a student perspective, man, I mean, when you get to the point where uh, administration and overall UL leadership isn't pushing towards, you know, making athletics a focal point of, you know, kind of like overall university operations. Like, I mean, y'all said before, like any other university can say that um, athletics is probably the number one marketing point of any university in general, but Whenever you uh, pose the uh, mental health day as a mental health day compared to like, getting off to support a home y'all game for uh, Southern Miss, which is probably our biggest rival now, I mean, when, when you're not promoting it past that, I mean, I, I feel like last year we had a lesser show out, but there's more promotion for, you know, our one of our last home games for a uh, Thursday night game. I think it was against Georgia State last year from – It was Georgia Southern. It was Georgia Southern. And the reason why – it was Georgia Southern. The reason why they did the promotion was because everybody, including us, called them out for not promoting the Troy game, which was the lowest attended crowd in over 20, 20 years or 20 plus years. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was what, 11K or something like that last year, if I'm not mistaken. It was 11,000. But you know what upsets me about that is the way they promoted that game for those five days was outstanding. And you know what? They have not gone back to it ever since. I have yet to hear or see any type of promotion at that level in any of the home games we've had so far this year. And again, that's that's a shame. It's a crying shame. No, for sure. And I, no, I agree with that. And kind of like what, what are y'all going with where the, uh, Corey was going? I mean... I feel like at this point, us fans and like how devoted we are, we can only do so much. But at this point, it's the university running in circles of, you know, the amount of exposure they want to give to the program and how much they want to give to athletics in general. I mean, what else can we do at this point? I I feel like there's really nothing we can do except that UL just gives more time and effort towards promoting this and towards building a fan base. Um not just like an older fan base, but getting new people involved. There's no tradition in this 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 program. If I'm being honest with you. Oh no, you're like, right. Like what? Like what else can we do? Like what, what? What else can we do as fans compared to what the university does? You know. Look at look at the, look at the basketball season last year. They tried to set up uh, an organic tailgate before a big game. <laughs> UP went in there and shut them all down. What? We're trying to build a fan base I, here. I'll say like. When it comes to, I'll say in general with basketball, last year, one of the best basketball seasons I've seen in my four years at UL. Like, that that was fun. It was natural. It was organic. Nothing was forced. And that was more built off of students. But imagine if the university actually, you know, gave the time and effort to promote and actually push towards these people kind of on the the, the edge of like, oh, like, I really don't care that much. But like, if, if I see something, I'll go to a type of thing. And that goes for all university athletics in general. It, it's not just football. It's not just basketball. It's everything. There's just so much potential that is being slept on and that is not being utilized, in my opinion, that 
it's it, it's easily attainable by just going you know a little a little extra in some aspect of marketing or whatnot you know yeah i agree with you 100 percent. we've been saying that for 30 years and the other thing is that I, I don't even really need them to put from a from a student standpoint i'm saying i don't really need them to push the games on the students as much as i need them to get the hell out of the way and let you guys do grassroots things and grow it organically and stop by you know bothering you guys when you tailgate or you know you can't do drinking games and you can't tailgate here and you can't tailgate like this and you can't have these groups in these areas it's ridiculous get out of the students way and just let them do the things that they want to do yeah and, and that's fair and i guess my last my last kind of point i guess it's we can only do so much like I, I, I hate i hate when people present problems not solutions but at this point what is the solution? I, I, we we could we could talk about this all damn. We could talk about this every year, every damn year. But what what is the solution of our issues with how UL is operating their athletics and their promotions and whatnot? What is the answer? Is there an answer? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to figure it out though. I really do. But if, if you remember what I said when we first got on here, we I I tried like we tried to do that. We got shut down. Wouldn't have a meeting with us. So, like you said, what is it? What, what, what do we do? I don't know what to do. How, wait, wait a minute, Jimmy. Jimmy, what did they give you? I, I was cut off early on when you mentioned that. Did was there a reason? Did they give you any reason, or they just said no? No, just just never <clears throat> got back to us. Like so, the meeting was set up. We never got a date. We never got a time. And so it was one of those things where they were like, okay, we're going to let you know when we're ready to meet to talk about these things. Never came up. Never got back to us. And look, let me tell you, we were, we were prepared. Like, we were prepared. We we're going to give good feedback because, like everyone in this space, we care about the university. We want to see us win. Never got back to us. Never asked us for an opinion since then. Not a phone call. Not anything. And that's why I was saying, if we uh, we literally tried to do this, right? They never got back to us. But when we get put in voice our opinions, it's stop being negative. I I, I don't understand. So I, at this point, I'm like, they just don't want to be better. At this point, no, they're actively pushing down on us. They're actively pushing it down. They don't want to deal with success, man. HUD screwed it up for everybody. Jimmy, I was going to say, uh, I didn't call you out on this last time, but I, I do me a favor. Go to CVS, get two AA batteries, and put them in that damn fire Thank detector you. that keeps going off. <laughs> yeah, man, my bad, bro. My bad. That that's, But you know what, though? that It makes me wonder, like, when they, when they said, hey, uh, Mr. Butler, we can't meet with you because we have other things going on. It makes me wonder, like, what are those other things they have to do? What makes them so busy to where they can't sit down and actually hear what you have to say, especially being a former player and, in a, and an alum and an alum and also a good contributing member to our society now with what you do with your within your career? What what what's so important to where they can't sit down with you for 30 minutes and talk to you? I'm, Jerry, I'm could trying you to imagine in our line of work, if you told somebody you know, oh, you know what? I I know you wanna you wanna come meet with me, but um, I'll get back to you, and just never call them back. How successful <laughs> would you be in your business? Not very successful, bro. <laughs> because half these people, I hate to say it, don't understand private business. They don't understand the private sector. It, it's it's it. We we really 
some of them are all of I hate to say it like this, but it that's what happens in bureaucracy, right? You're comfortable. You get your paycheck anyway. So why try? Why well, the try? difference is, is that we're donors and alumni and he's a former player. It's common courtesy. But 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 Jimmy, look, dude, this is not we have taken it upon ourselves for free to create this podcast platform and do all this stuff. Our social our social site gets more traffic on impressions than the official than some of the official pages. We've been doing this for over six years. We've interviewed almost 100 people. We've put out almost 1,000 episodes. It's like 800 episodes, 600 episodes. I forget what it was. It's several hundred episodes. We do, we, for two years almost, we were the only game in town that did a post-game show where people like you could come on here and share what you saw at the game and talk about, you know, the, the shared fan experience. You know how many times we've had meetings with these people at every level? Martin Hall, athletics, all of it. We've had the meetings. We've been shunned by some of the people. We've been lied on, lied to. It's, we have done it all. We, we know exactly what you're talking about. We know it's true because we've experienced it. They don't want. They have, they have quit in certain aspects. They are trying to actively keep the, the fan base in its place. They're trying to actively select the kinds of people that show up to the events. You can't grow a fan base like that. It's, it's counterproductive in every single way. Jamie, I'm a, James, I'm, uh, Jimmy, I will come back to you. I want to get to the rest of these folks. Andre, let's give you one more yeah. shot before we kick you off. Try one more time. All right, can you hear me now? Aha, we're there. There we go. Nice work. Finally. So, yeah, just a couple of things uh, kind of evolved. So, with Corey speaking about Al, you know, Corey is someone has been removed from Louisiana for a little while, and, I've, yeah, I've known him when he was in town, but it's amazing that the school won't, acknowledge him from someone that's been so far removed and still cares so much about the school. So I'll say that, you know, there's lots of impact and a lot that we've talked about. But there's that. The other side of that is my own experience as a student in student government and different, you know, extracurriculars where they weren't so conducive to, you know, certain types of student groups. And that was hurt when it was like, Hey, you know, we're trying to activate this. We're trying to, you know, drive, presence at the football games. We're trying to do this, trying to do that. And a lot of it was Greek. And, you know, there's a big part of the school, or I say a big part, but, you know, a couple of people that are actively against some of the Greeks and they were back then. Granted, I've been out of school for five years, but, you know, it, some of those people are still in positions of authority. So it's like, maybe we need to take another look. Like, grand marketing's bad, but let's take another look at the people that are controlling the student groups because, I feel like that's been a big hindrance towards driving. You know, if, if you cut the knees out of students who want to, you know, have some kind of presence that want to have some kind of, you know, camaraderie going to a game and then you cut the knees out of them by way of the Greeks and some of the others, like, well, hell, what do you expect? You know, and, and they moved the tailgate position around a few times and that was never good enough. Whenever we, were, we used to be under the Oaks, that was great. Where are the kids going to go? That. I remember that. I mean, that was fantastic. We we're underneath the Oaks. To, I mean, we we're five feet from the stadium. You think these kids are going to go back to the fraternity houses? They're going to go into the stadium. They're going to go to the stadium at that point. But now we're back. You know, we've been shuffled around, or they've been shuffled around, you know, several times. Where it's like, hell, at one point we're in the parking lot. We're behind the fraternity house. Well, how do you expect anyone to go to the game if the shortest walk is to the fraternity house? Everyone can take a nap, keep drinking beer, you know and party all they want. So, you know, I've had a lot of issues and, and the, 
I, I've said a lot of times, if I would win the lottery, I would donate all of it for you all to hire about two or three people. And I'm not going to mention their names, but, you know, that's kind of where I stand and what I think it could be a truism almost. But that's all I got to say. I'll, I'll hop off so I don't <laughs> keep clogging the blind. You're good, man. Thanks, Andre. You listen, he listens all the time, so I'm glad we got to hear from him. Uh, let's see. We have a resident Texas State fan that wants to speak. Texas State fan, please give us your 30,000-foot view. Uh, let's try to keep it somewhat concise because we got a lot of people that want to speak still. Of course. So uh, I'm just going to tell you that we had apathy throughout the athletic department and trying to get uh, fans to go to the games and so forth. And I just wanted to make sure that you guys, like, I know that was somebody was asking questions about how do we, what, what can we do? I can tell you straight hand, we, we at Texas State, we were doing something, things that were public. Like we were trying to fly, a, 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 we were flying a plane with banners. We were doing like, I, like I was trying to get on television. I was sitting right in specific sections of the stadium with uh, where the camera angles are and just trying to in, publicly embarrass our, our athletic director to do or to do something that would just get off his ass other than just collecting um, paychecks. Those are things that I'm just trying to toss out there. Like people were showing up to school, to the games with bags on their heads, uh, brown paper sacks and so forth to try to show like this is ridiculous or something. So that that's what I would just recommend as a possible uh, alternative option is, you know, media, uh, try to get on television, try to get on radio, try to make things public when, when there are plenty of eyes on, on, on you guys. That's just an option, just throwing that out there for you guys. Good luck. Thanks, man. Thanks for chiming in. And uh, also – Congratulations on your success this year. I'm, I'm glad that Texas State finally righted the ship and going to a bowl game. That's pretty cool to see. Um, also, you know, that's kind of what we did at Raging Review for a long time until they started calling us and telling us to, you know, be quiet and all this stuff. And we did for a little while, but we're back. We're back. Uh, and and that works to a certain degree. The only problem is, is that here, for whatever reason, is a crab in a barrel mentality. If you start to tell the truth, You'll, you'll get hit with a deluge of, oh, you guys are just negative. Oh, you guys are just haters. There's too many people that want to appease the, the administrators and all the people that make the decisions because it makes them feel important when they get to sit next to the people uh, that make the decisions when they're at events. And they say, they, they say hello to them and they know their name and they shake their hand so they feel important. So that's the, the only uphill battle we, we kind of face with that. Uh, let's see. Bragg. Bragg Eplin. Looks like a Southern Miss fan. Welcome to the show. Please state your piece. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Look, the same thing that he was just saying. We would never wear bags on our heads in the rock. We would never, you know, uh, assault Jeremy Clay like that because we're your daddy and Colton McWilliams. All yours, man. All right. First off, thank y'all for letting me join on y'all's pod. Uh, I'm a Texas State person, but uh, a lot of the things y'all were talking about, it, it was it's really eerily similar to what Texas State was going through when uh, before the current administration took over. And I, all I can say is like I feel what y'all are going through. Like it sucks that y'all are y'all are very passionate about what y'all do. There's obviously a lot of passionate Cajuns there in Lafayette. Um, the only thing I can say to y'all is like, y'all just have to keep like breaking down the wall. Like eventually like new blood is going to enter that, the administration. There's going to be people. I, I like, I feel bad because I feel like it's kind of almost like a helpless situation with y'all. Like 
I really don't know what like answers I could give y'all because I don't know what what the situ what the situation with y'all's athletic director, the president, the people in charge are like. It's like are people planning on retiring or they're all basically kind of stuck in this. Like, I guess explain to me like what do you think is going to eventually like get this boat righted? Well, first of all, I think there's a disconnect between the main campus and athletics. That's number one. Um, a lot of times whenever you have people in athletics that want to make decisions, uh, the people in Martin Hall say no. So you have a lot more of your control on the campus rather than the athletic department making those decisions, especially when it comes to things like athletics, right? They kind of hold, they kind of handle the money, the finances, they handle the most of the decision-making. So that's, that's number one. Uh, really what it goes to show you is that there's always going to be miscommunication there. But the problem with that is, that's been going on here at this university for the better part of 50 to 60 years. And it, it's never changed. And even when you thought it would go away, it's kind of the one step forward, two steps back approach to where every time we think we have momentum, something happens. We saw it during the Hudspeth era. Uh, we saw it, I mean, recently with Billy. Um, and it's just, it, it just, it, it's always that case for us. We can never finally get over that hump. When we think we've reached the top, we find a way to, to slip back. I mean, Nick, am I, am I accurate there? I don't know, man. Um, look, first of all, Texas state, you guys mad respect for you because I feel like you guys, like, like someone before said you guys were in the same kind of position. Your, your administration didn't feel a hundred percent committed to making it work. They were just kind of there to be there. And I, I, I'm going to say it again. I think people are just too damn comfortable. I think the the campus is is comfortable with the way things are going because they don't have to do anything. I think the people in athletics are comfortable because I mean they can just I mean six and six six and six every year you know make it to a bowl game. Well, that's good enough. I just don't think that people. I'm not saying they don't care, but I just I feel like so many people on the athletic side, this is just a stepping stone. So they're just gonna do what they have to do to move on. And and I think. It's a whole department of that. And and it's a whole department of people not from the area. The people that were from the area have moved on, mostly. The people who who had been there for years uh, through through all the BS and through the good times, they, they've all moved on. So you're left with a lot of people who don't understand the culture of Lafayette and, um, you know, have expectations that it's run like a big-time program. And, and we're... That's not what we are. We we still you still have to go out and shake hands and and kiss babies and ask people to come to the games. And there's no ask from the community. It's just like why aren't you why aren't you coming? And look, I I I still think it's pathetic that it, in a in a metropolitan of five hundred thousand people we can't get ten thousand people, fifteen thousand people truly on a Thursday night to a to a ball game. But again, you got to make people want to go. And right now, between the play on the field and the ex game day experience, not and, and the price of tickets, why would you spend money to do that when you can watch it on TV and then be able to turn it off when they play like they played tonight? And Colton, we appreciate your input. Thank you for saying that. And then look, it, it, I don't think that it's a good comparison to be honest with you. Texas State has money coming out of its ears. It's got a huge student population. It's in a great area where you don't really have to worry about. Uh, uh, you know, weather being too much of a problem. I mean, we don't really either, but it's easy to recruit Texas players at Texas State. I I've always been baffled about how they didn't have more success. Here's the difference. 10 
10, 12 years they've been in existence or been in FBS. We've been, we've been playing football 100 years. We're supposed to have culture. We're supposed to have an infrastructure here. We're, we're in a, a talent-rich area of the country, and we're still – this. these are the results we're getting. And honestly, we're kind of a new kid on the block when it comes to winning football games. We just started winning like 10 years ago. So, anyway, I don't, I don't think it's a good comparison. However, I do appreciate the input. Uh, Jacob Lamonier, thanks for requesting The Floor is Yours. Hey, fellas. Hey, I don't, uh, I don't have that much to say. Props to uh, Southern Miss uh, for winning the football game. I mean, we know they're not that great of a team this year. Will Hall's been struggling, but they came into our house and they beat us. So, hey, credit where credit's due. Props to them. Uh, made it on TV, which is pretty cool. Got a bunch of texts about that. But other than that, uh, it's basketball season. That's that's what my mind's on. So, don't bring your kid in the student section this time, Jacob. Uh, he wasn't. A, I have season tickets. There we go. <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, it's basketball season. We're one and zero. We won our last game by ten on a poor shooting night, which historically, when we have poor shooting nights, we lose and or lose bad. So for us to have a poor shooting night and win by double digits. Uh, pretty good. So I'm looking forward to that season, and uh, I love college basketball. Well, the good news is, is look, if the bas- if the basketball team can bring some good luck after what we saw tonight, that's great. So um, no, 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 I, no, no, Saturday. no basketball talk. I'm cutting you off, Lamonier, because you called me a hater last week, and I'm running the cl- I'm running the board tonight, so you can you kick rocks. But look, I'm glad you beat Youngstown State. A uh, good start. I'm glad we played a real team to start the year this time, so maybe I'll go to the next game. Anyway, moving on. Uh, let's see. Andy. Andy has requested Southern Miss fan. What you got, Andy? I'm in my dorm room right now, so I get bad connection here. But um, don't worry. I ain't going to come on here and talk dirty and talk trash like all the other guys. I mean, oh, it's fine. we got a good win. We got a good, good win tonight. It's probably the best game we've had all year just because it's a rivalry game. But what I wanted to get back to was the marketing stuff because – and a lot of my Southern Miss fans are here with us. Y'all can agree and back me up on this. Southern's marketing sucks. Like, one of our biggest rivals outside of the conference is Tulane, and we did nothing to promote that game. Official attendance was 25,000. Our stadium holds 36,000, and I guarantee there was less than 25,000 people at that game. And I just really don't get what it is. Are we not trying to grow? These colleges, we haven't had a game over 36,000. We haven't had a full stadium in eight years. I don't get what the thing, what the deal is. Y'all stadium holds, what, 44,000? Largest one in the conference? 41, yeah. 41. Still, I think it's the largest in the conference. And I don't know what the deal is. And, like, Southern Louisiana, um, Marshall, and Amp State, those are really, like, the four – I don't. I wouldn't call them founding fathers, but like the biggest names in the Sun Belt, like historically, everybody in the Sun Belt wants to play all four of us and wants to beat all four of us. Marshall and App State can have a suck at, sucky year and fill up their stadiums, even on a good year. Southern and Louisiana can't fill theirs. I don't know if the teams just aren't trying. And like some guys said earlier, look at Nebraska. I don't, I don't even know when the last time was Nebraska had a winning season or one that they could at least be proud of. 
and they consistently fill that stadium. I, I just don't get what it is. And like the Southern and Louisiana game, this was the hundredth year, or this was one hundred years since the first one was played, and it may be a hundred years to the day. I don't know, but it's pretty close. I just don't get what it is like. And I'm not I'm not talking just about Louis, Louisiana's marketing group. I'm talking about Southern Miss too. Like it's just really bad. I don't get. Are we just not trying to grow the colleges, or do we just not care anymore? Because even if Southern Miss had a single game this year, and I was on the marketing team, I try to fill. I try to get. 46,000 in the stadium to watch us play Tulane. You know, it's interesting you say that, Andy, because I, I had gone to a few of the Southern Miss-Louisiana games years ago when you guys had Jeff Bauer, and I remember y'all used to fill that stadium up like it was nothing. And to be honest with you, I, I guess the dynamics are a little bit different at Southern Miss, and maybe it's something you can educate us on. Like, I remember a lot of the reasons why you, you really – back in the day when you were winning, you didn't have to market because you would go and beat these big schools. And, you know, you, you hosted, I believe you hosted Illinois the year after they won the big 10, you hosted Nebraska when they were a top 10 team. So at the time you didn't really have to promote it. Uh, You didn't have to market it. I think today, um, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but when you've reached that type of pinnacle and then you have a few of those down years in the last 10 years or so, um, I, I'm assuming that maybe it's hard to get some of those fans back, right? Because some of those fans remember those days of, I remember when we were ranked in the top 15. So I, I don't know. I don't know if, if that's maybe the case. I do think that um, the marketing team definitely needs to step in, in that regard and say, look, this is not, you know, we're not quite where we were 25 years ago and, and get more people to show up. But I think for our issue here at Louisiana is it's almost like either A, we don't know what we're doing, or B, we just don't care. Um, I guess that was something that you guys probably saw against Tulane, right? Because Tulane coming off of a, you know, the, the Cotton Bowl win. Um, I actually spoke with uh, my good my friend Marshant, who has his own podcast at Southern Miss, and he was telling me the same thing that you're saying. Um, but to to your credit, to your credit, I did notice last year you basically gave or Southern Miss basically gave uh, students off of school like when they played the Cajuns and then your basketball game, you, you put 8,000 in the arena, like it was nothing. So to Southern's credit, I, they did prom- like, at, at least in our experience, I thought they promoted pretty well, a lot better than the way we've done it. If that makes any sense, we've never promoted games like that. I mean, the last time we did that was like 20 years ago. I believe it was Western Kentucky in 2003. We in basketball, Nick, you probably remember that we had the crawfish boil for students. Now students, students can't even tailgate by themselves without us kicking them out. So I don't know that maybe, maybe um, you guys can chime in on that. Jerry, I think the difference is Southern Miss gave the kids the day off to go to a football game. And yeah. today we gave the kids off for some BS excuse about mental health, something and with no mention of football. That's the difference. And, and look, I, you know, outsider's perspective, we're thinking Southern Miss is doing something right. I mean, you, you guys are doing something right. So you might, it might not be up to your standards, but we're that terrible. We're terrible compared to compared you guys. to us. Shoot. Y'all are doing a lot more than what we're doing. <laughs> Well, what I meant by that was, like, last year, hell yeah, we did a good job. I mean, we was winning games last year. But this year, we're not, and I don't get what it is. I mean, like, and you, you can go to my page, and I kind of had a rant, a rant, not a rant, a rant about people not showing up to games when you're losing. But um, 
hell, I don't even remember where I was going with that. But as far as marketing and such, look, I'm not going to give a full history lesson, but from the thir- from the 1940s to Jeff Bauer's days, Southern Miss didn't need a marketing team. We were constantly winning, right? With like right. Thad Van and Bob Bobby Collins and Jim Carmody and Jeff Bauer and Curly Hoffman. We didn't need sure. a marketing team. It wasn't until the Ellis Johnson year when we didn't win a damn game that it took somebody. All right, so everybody's going to be pissed off after this season. So we need to get a team together. To like get this message out there. Now, um, it ain't been working so well. I think I was, I was, I've been done. I've done a little history research, and I haven't done enough on Louisiana yet. But I'm going to one day. Trust me. But um, as far as Southern Miss in the last 20 years, we've hit 36,000 twice. And since the since they since they added the addition on to the stadium in 2008, we've only hit 36,000 one time. Let me give you an example. We are in the same boat there because we were we were during the HUD Spiff years, and look, HUD HUD had some good teams, but we were pulling in forty one thousand fans for a game against Southern, and and do you know why? Because it was an experience. You knew their band was going to show up. You knew it would be fun. You knew we were going to win. HUD was out there, you know, screaming at people to come to the games. He was on a golf cart telling people to come into the stadium from tailgating. They did work, and and we were always told, well, we just need to win, and the fans will show up. Well, guess what? We had a bit. We had the biggest crowd for the the like you were saying the championship game that we hosted. The crowd was there not because we were winning. They were there because there was an effort made. People were told, hey, come. Here's why you need to come. There were there were video sent out. It was on TV. It was in the everywhere. Media had it. It played for two weeks, and people showed up. They would not, I guarantee you, in that championship game, they would not have shown up had we not made an effort. So the times we have made efforts been successful, why they don't make that effort, again, I think it's just complacency, if we're being honest. Well, and it costs money. And that money. may be the same for I, Southern Miss. And it costs, and it costs money. money. That's another thing. Yeah. Well, I, I get that. And I'm not, I'm going to like say just a little swear word right there and you don't feel, excuse me. But all that field of dreams, if you build it, they'll come catch shit, runs out at some point. Like, really, it does. I'm not saying that in a derogatory way, but you look at Louisiana and you look at Southern Miss and you look at, um, I don't know, look at Vanderbilt, look at just all these teams that were once great and now they're just struggling. But then you look at Marshall and Amps State and Nebraska. That they're struggling, but they can pull in a crowd. So it's more than just like, okay, guys, we were once good. And we're going to get back to that point. But to get back to that point, it's going to take a while. And we're going to need a lot of you people to come to the game. But it's going to take more than just that field of dreams to catch you. My two cents on that is, and Andy, I appreciate your thoughts, man. We're going to let you go. Uh, you're a good fan. I follow you on Twitter. You do a great job. Appreciate the banter. But when the when the people in charge don't care, the fans aren't going to care. Attitude reflects leadership. That's just the bottom line. You can only do so much – you can only give your free time to a podcast or you can only go out and spread the word about Cajun sports or you can only volunteer your time to help fundraise. You can only do so much as an individual, even as a small group. When the people in charge are hell-bent on killing the fan base or don't care if it flourishes or not, 
You have no options. I, I'm sorry. It's just you're never go you're going to run up against a glass ceiling every single time when the people at the top don't want it to happen. And that's a fact. Terry and Jimmy, I'm going to give it back to y'all, and you can have the conversation. And if you don't mind, we'll chime in as you go. When y'all see Dez on the sideline and it's like a, it's a tight game, do y'all look into his eyes and do you see confidence? I, I, I honestly don't look at him during the game. I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I'm usually too pissed off to look at the TV, to be honest with and you. Terry, I'm going to say this. There's always so many things going on at one time. I, he seems frazzled to me. And, and look, I, I, this is not an indictment on how he coaches. We can get more into the specifics on that later, but he looks frazzled to me. He looks angry or he looks like he's hollering at somebody because they're not taking care of their responsibility. Or it, it's never under control. Not, not, not often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, like when, he, when I watch on, when I watch on TV, it's just like, you know, the few times they scan to Dez's face, it just looks like he's just anxious. Like, a, and it's not like a, a head coach, like, you know, uh, I'm not saying you always have to be calm, cool, collected. It just always seems when you look on the sidelines, he just, his eye, you don't, you don't see the confidence in his eyes. And Jimmy, you know what I'm talking about? When you look at, do you see confidence in Dez's eyes when you see him coach? Look, man, I was at <laughs> Mr. Clint's tailgate tonight, and somebody made the comment that we hired a coach that no other team in college football would have hired. <laughs> and that kind of sat me down for a second because I started to think about it and I was like, man, that's true. Yeah. And the thing about it is, y'all know I love Dez. Like, I'm a Dez guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can't bring myself to say anything negative because I just... I love the guy so much and I wanted to succeed. Me too. But man, it's like at some point you got to show me something because even up until the Arkansas state game, I was impressed with the way the season was going. I was like, you know what? Yeah. We got a couple losses that we should have, you know, a couple games that we let slip that we should have won. Cool. But I seen the progression, a couple of things that were frustrating, but after these last two, I'm like, man. <sighs> but, 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 Jimmy, look, look at this, right? We're, though, we're just confident because Deion was that quarterback and we could just do multiple things with him, and that's why we thought the season was going well. It's, it's one of those things, man, and I know y'all remember that mantra that Coach Hall used to say, like, don't let go of the rope. Mm -hmm. It was like in, in a lot of those games I felt like, like Georgia State, yeah, we almost pulled it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, but the Texas State game, then a couple games like that, like we found a way to win. So I was like, okay, we might be at the turning point now, you know. Mm -hmm. And all the naysayers that were there when we first hired Dez, I was able to kind of stick it to their face like, yeah, we improving. And I'm talking mad shit. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> we dropped a couple this, this year, but watch next year. Watch how we come in next year. But now it's like what I'm going to say now because – I mean, like I said, it, it hurts for me to say, man. It hurts for me to say because I love the guy so much and I want him to succeed, but he has to be better, man. Yeah. And, and, he and, has and, to be better. And it's like the uh, Josh, Josh brought it up last last week. After Zion got hurt, you put Chandler in the game. 
Chandler throws in, goes in. He throws a dart to Neil Johnson in Arkansas when we played Arkansas State. Just throws a dart. Yeah, and that was a great pass. And you see, but you see the dynamic of the game changed of how the offense was called. And Josh was like, hey, why does the dynamic of the entire offense change when the quarterback, one quarterback comes in the game? For instance, you get in the red zone. One, we should have kicked two, at least one of those field goals today. I don't care what you say. I don't, if you thought one of those uh, touchdowns would have been a touchdown, regardless, you kick a field goal. You know, we struggled with red zone scoring last year, but the only reason we were better at red, score, red zone scoring this year is because we had a running threat as a quarterback. Why don't we do a direct snap to Jacob Cabote or, you know, Dre Watson? Hell, put lunch in the game. He's got four games. He has four games. Put, like, you ain't going to burn his red shirt. Red shirt. Put him in the game. Do a direct snap, snap to him. Why are we constantly just either throw, running up the middle or doing a rolling out bootleg pass? We could have won that Georgia State game if we just did, uh, you know, quarterback power. The red zone play calling totally changes when Chandler's in the game. And it's different when Zion's in the game. I don't know. It's that, but it's almost like he coaches scared almost. Well, the red red zone play calling stuff goes back to last year. We were bad in the red zone last year, too, with Ben. Well, he coaches scared, but he coaches like very ignorant. Like, why why aren't you kicking? I mean, it's ballsy, but also it's like you you, you have nothing. You you go into halftime with a three point lead. Also, uh, Terry and I don't know if you guys, you guys probably may know this more, but it's a problem all throughout college football. I don't know why we don't line up under center ever. And do tush push? I, I, not even a tush push, man. Just a regular sneak. quarterback sneak, I feel like. We could yeah. get six inches. Yeah. I, I, I don't get it. I think it's bad. I think it's bad coaching. I complain about it all the time. It's the most high percentage play to get one yard. And no one does it. And it's not just but, Des, it's, yeah, you said it's all, all across college football. But Terry, I want him to succeed so bad, bro. Like, me too, dog. I mean, and too. It, it hurts me so bad to like, to, it hurt me so bad to walk out of that stadium and come to that conclusion. It hurt me to do that. But it's like, if we're gonna be honest, we have to do, we have to be honest. Yeah, you know. And I, I never advocate for anybody to lose their job. Mm-hmm. But it's just like. You got to be better, man. You have to. And, you know. You I, I wanna... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. It's, it's like, it's not even about like even Dez. It's like, I think he has to hold his assistant accountable. That's true. Thank you. He, that was going to be my next He has point. to hold. Yeah. Like, I, I, and, and, Jimmy, you remember uh, who was the, our office? Who was our defensive coordinator? Uh, Which year? The first two some... years. The first two years of HUD. Uh, Coach Stu, Coach Stu, you remember? I don't know if you remember this, Jimmy, but it's Coach, I remember after we gave up that loss to Arkansas State on national television. I think it was a, uh, it was a uh, Gus Malzahn's team, and like he like it was like we lost like fifty two to twenty something, something like that. Coach Stu knew who was getting fired. HUD knew he was letting him go. Like Stu knew he was getting let go because we could not. Stop anybody. We had talent. I, mean, I think that was that was one of the best secondaries we had. We had J Mo. We had MJ. 
You know what I'm saying? Like we had a very, we had a very talented secondary, and we just could not stop anybody. And Coach Hud held him accountable, and he got fired, and he knew he was getting fired. And I knew that final New Orleans Bowl, Coach Stu was just, you know, all he wanted to do was hang out with the seniors because he knew it was his last ride. And Dez has to has to listen to the souls of his assistant coaches, regardless of the relationship with him, regardless of how much he loves Lamar and you know how they played together. All he needs to look them him in the eye after this season. And have, you know, to- I'm just gonna say it goes back to my original comment earlier tonight was that there has to be accountability, especially when I'm looking at these rankings in FBS. And we have the 117th toughest schedule in all of college football. And we are five and five and just lost to a two win team. There's got to be accountability somewhere, whether it's players, coaches, three, three administration. Wins now. now three wins because of us. So where's the accountability? Like we can't, I mean, we can, we're, we're going to see, I was going to say we can't keep doing this, but we will. And we're going to have 5,000 people in the stands to play ULM in a couple of weeks. How bad is it going to get before we, before we start making changes is my question. How bad does it have to get before somebody stands up and says, Oh, this ain't working. Maybe we need to try something else. I, I just think even going back to Terry's question earlier, watching, looking at Daz on the sideline, I think he just looks in over his head and I don't, yeah. if he can't even, if he's at that point, just from his body language, I don't know how I expect him to be hold, hold his staff accountable if he can't, if he's struggling himself to even get it together. Yeah. I'm just going to say that he was, he was set up from failure from day one. Yes. Period. And, and I'm not going to blame Des for that. Des, anybody, I mean, if you're if you're a college assistant or coordinator somewhere or whatever, and they offer you a head coaching job at an FBS school, you're going to take it in a heartbeat. I don't blame him for that. He was set up from failure for day one, and it's I. the The question is, it remains to be seen: is can he recover from that? And we're 23 games into it, and we're not getting better. This is yeah. this is a low point. That's the bottom line. We all have to recognize that, even Mike. And I'll give a quick juxtaposition. I was hard on Deggs because he wouldn't get rid of JT. And the day he got rid of JT, I got on here and I said, look, he proved me wrong. I thought it was going to be one of those buddy-buddy situations. He earned way more respect from me for that. I'm going to support Mike the same way I've been saying. I'm going to support Mike. If he doesn't hold these assistants accountable like he should, and I don't know when it, it might happen tomorrow. You never know. If he doesn't hold these assistants accountable, I will lose respect. And that's just the game. You're the head man. You got to make these decisions. That's why you get paid to be the head coach. We got to see some, some, something's got to happen because you can't lose to a two and seventeen at home when it's a rivalry game, and they're bad. You, that, that just cannot happen. But uh, look, we're pushing two, Terry. We're pushing two hours, so I'm going to start to wrap it up. I'm going to let Jerry speak for a minute, but we appreciate y'all's comments. I'm Thanks everybody for uh, for chiming in tonight. It was really a good, lively conversation. Uh, Jerry, go ahead, bud. Well, I was going to say, you know whether it's Dez evaluating his staff or as fans, the way we evaluate coaches, you know, I don't look, it's one thing to say, you know, this coach is a nice guy or a nice lady, or, you know, they represent the school well, but at the end of the day, as fans, we can't fall in love with coaches because it takes away from the overall motive of what a coach is meant to do. And that's, you know, to obviously 
represent the uni- the university that you that you that you run or the program that you run in that university, but also to to win games. Your job's to win and do it in the clean clean cleanest way possible. But I just that the problem is we're getting into that territory now of, look, we like Des. We all know Des. We all know Des. We all know Mike. He's a good guy. We love him. But now we're, we're, we're getting to to the point where it's like, you know, he needs to win. And year two, we're five and five. And that's not where anybody expected us to be at this point. And we're and we're five and five because we're dropping games to teams that we should have beaten. And, and that's where we look at this trajectory and go, is this the direction we want to go when you're two years removed from a top 15 finish and a Sunbelt Conference title? I mean, where, 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 where are we? As opposed to where we expect it to be this year, where really, really, where are we? And, and you know, that's why sometimes it's hard to do what we do with this podcast because we have connections to these, to these coaches. But at the end of the day, they're, they're hired to do a job. You know, the the buddy buddy system to me goes out the window at that point because they still have to do a job, and part of that is to win. Um, I, I hate to say it like this, but that's why I don't fall in love with coaches. You know, we have we have way too many fans at our school. I find that we have way too many fans in our fan base that do that. They fall in love with coaches. They don't let the coach do their job. They care more about being friends with the coaches. Well, if you're not going to be, if you're not going to let them do their job then what's the standard of the program? Because to me, I don't feel like you're reaching that standard if you let the emotions get in the way and the friendships get in the way of what they're here to do and what they're hired to do. And that was just my two cents on that. You're not wrong. Uh, it's 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 easy to get close to them when you know them and they're around and they give you access and they give you information. It's I get it. I get it. But, but at the same time, the results still matter. Let's be honest. We all looked at the schedule. All fans, us, everybody looked at the schedule and said, if you can't get eight wins out of the schedule, then the season's a failure. I mean, we had this conversation in the pre-show, in the preseason show. In fact, I think somebody said nine wins. If you can't get nine wins out of the schedule, it's a failure. I said eight. Eight, eight, was, eight was a fair, it was a fair pick based on the schedule we had this year. We're in danger we of not being 500. That, that's not only a failure, that is a complete and total collapse and to think to think where we were going into arkansas state man that's a major fall from grace but josh last year we it took us to beat texas state who basically fired their head coach right after the game for us to be bowl eligible and now we're walking into that same situation where we have to win our last game to even become bowl eligible that's not something that can sustain success in a program if you're if you're playing your last game just to get to get to 500 become bowl eligible every year last year you got a pass last year you got a pass because yeah. of everything that all the everything that went against us and and we're we're regressing we're not improving uh th- and that's the bottom line we've gotten worse over the last couple of weeks jerry uh last thoughts um yeah tonight was tough tonight was rough um I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm tired of losing to Southern Miss. But again, Southern Miss, they had the energy. They came out and played. And we made too many mistakes. And we were undisciplined. And that's what happens. When you're undisciplined, you don't focus on the small, minute details. Whenever our coach has to say, we have to get back to the basics. I know, Nick, you say it's game 23. But you're sitting with a 5-5 five and five record right now. I mean, if, if, you're, if you're sitting with a 5-5 five and five record right now and you're saying that you have to get back to the basics after losing two straight games in five days to teams that – you should have beaten pretty handily. 
then I think it's back. It's not just getting back to basics. I think it's a total overhaul. I think it's a total, pardon my, pardon my uh, pun, but a come to Jesus meeting where you need to sit down and really, really, really evaluate what you want for this program moving forward. And if it's something that you try to evaluate going into the off season, if it's a complete overhaul going into the off season, so be it. Because the way we're playing right now and the situation we're in, in the constant same mistakes that we're making at the fundamental level, you're not going to be able to create sustainability of success by making the same mistakes over and over again. So um, look, we got to, it gets harder next week. We got Troy. They are the, they are the defending Sunbelt champions. They're the best team in the West and we got to go on the road over there and, and prove a point. And I, I just, I I'm scared after two back-to-back rough losses, I'm scared to see how this team's going to focus. And I know we'll get the coaches speak. Oh, this team is still focused. They know what they have to do. I, I don't know. I, I have my doubts. So, but we're still going to be here. We're not going anywhere. But man, like it's like we talked about Nick is tough being a Cajuns fan. <laughs> Tonight was is proof of that. Nick, parting shot. I just think when you have the leader of your program go up and behind a microphone and say something like that, like we got to get back to basics, that's scary. That reminds me of uh, Dennis Allen going behind the mic saying, well, we just got to do better. That means nothing to me. That means that, that you don't have an answer. And if you don't have an answer after that performance, uh, then I have, I mean, you're, you're saying you're terrified, Jerry. I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm, Whatever we do the next two games, if we win, great. If we don't, okay. I'm just, I, I'm, what I've seen out of this team over the past two weeks has just been totally demoralizing and gives me no hope for the future. And again, when you have something said like, well, we just got to get back to basics. It's too late for basics. We should be past that point. So uh, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And that seems like what we what we do and um we're not going to get different results i'm afraid demoralizing is the right word there's been a couple of times this year where you've been so disgusted with, with with what you saw on the field that the result didn't even matter anymore it was just like what kind of satisfaction am i going to get even out of a win this has been so hard to watch it's been so hard to digest everything tonight from the crowd to the environment to the lack of care to the play on the field, to the coaching, to the refs. Everything about it was embarrassing. Everything about it, you just didn't want to be a part of it. And I hate that for our community and for our players, for our coaches, everybody involved, everybody that cares like we do. Nobody deserves this. And we know where it's coming from. There's not much we can do about it, and that's the worst part. And I would hate to be a player on this team right now. I would because I don't even know where my motivation's coming from. Obviously. You have some personal pride that you're playing for. You're playing for the guy next to you. You're playing for your family and the name across your chest. I understand all that stuff. But real motivation comes from being in the competitive fire. And what are we, what are we playing for? Right now, what are we playing for at this point? 500? A winning season? A bowl game? I don't know if that's going to do it for this team. I, I don't know. Are they going to play for Mike? Hopefully. But it's not just Mike. It's been easy to talk about Mike tonight. It's not just Mike. It's the assistants. It's the coordinators. It's the support staff. Everybody is culpable in this game and this loss and the way that we put this event on. What a disaster this event was. And we lost on top of it to Southern Miss, a team that we just cannot beat. 
it, it there wasn't a redeeming thing about anything that happened in Lafayette, Louisiana tonight at Cajun Field. There just wasn't not as I'm trying to think of something positive to say. Zylon Perry had a great uh kickoff return, you know. Chandler played Chandler played Chandler played a good well. game and he hit he yeah. hit Pete over the top. That was fun for a minute. But once again, we're waiting on explosive plays to get points on the board. We've talked about the same things week in and week out. The pattern is there. It's very obvious to anybody watching the games. So anyway, with that being said, thanks everybody for joining us. It's been awful, but it's the venting session is always appreciated. Want to be, have a big shout out or give a big shout out to Absolutely Embroidery and More and Dr. Brett Venables for excuse me, Dr. Brett Brett Venable for powering the podcast and supporting us financially. We certainly appreciate that. It gives us the opportunity to do this and bring these to you after the games. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review the Rage and Review podcast. Check us out across all platforms, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, all that good stuff, Facebook. We'll be back for a preview early next week. Looking ahead to Troy. Uh, it's a good thing we get a couple of extra days for uh, some mental health days to put this loss behind us. For Nick, for Jerry... It's Rage and Review, post-game.